and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Tottenham rallied twice at the Emirates to battle to a 2-2 draw against Arsenal in the North London derby. Pressure continues to mount from Richard Pochettino at Chelsea after a 1-0 loss at home to Aston Villa. Eric Ten Hag and Manchester United get back on track with a 1-0 win at Burnley. And Liverpool continue their fine form with a convincing 3-1 victory over West Ham. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. All right, Mr Earl. Hello, uh, my friend. Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, missed you this yeah, weekend good, in the studio. I know you had a little break away. Yeah. Had a, little, had a few days away and got back for the uh, important stuff, the football of the weekend, so that was good. Um, and we will start, mate, at Arsenal. The North London derby, much anticipated. Yeah. Two teams going in mm. in pretty good form, unbeaten, really. Yeah, and, both um, unbeaten. You know, so I, uh, yeah, really good form. I, I mean, I thought it was a fascinating game of football, Rob. We'll, we'll yeah. get into the details, of course. Mm. Um, maybe before we get into that, Rob, the, the, just the lineups and the big story, wasn't it, yeah. with the goalkeeper? I know yeah. the show started today with a big mm-hmm. look at David Wright yeah. coming in and he was selected again. I think Tim felt that was going to happen and yeah. Tim feels that, that this move to Arsenal is mm. absolutely to replace Aaron Ramsdale as a number one. Now, yeah. just... You know, of course, right now, David Raya is only a, li- a loan signing mm. with the option, I think, not an obligation, an option to buy yeah. at the end of the season. Um, just quick, just give us a quick line, Rob. I mean, it, 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 yeah. is this it um, or, or it, is this going to be a few games and then they switch over again? Well, I, I thought today was telling, Robin, and I've got to admit, um, last night I was thinking about it and I thought, hmm, I wonder if he goes back to Ramsdale today. Big game, North London Derby. He's played in those big games. Yeah. He's never let anybody yeah. down. And then, then we'll see, is, mm-hmm. it, is it a bit of a balance between the two or is it one or the other? The moment he, he, he's gone for Raya, and Tim's been down this road from the very day that they that Rye is going in mm. as number one, it would seem mm. that Tim's right, Rob. Mm. And that um, Anne Ramsdale, as much as he's supporting from the side and his big personality, looks like he's going to be number two. And for his England ambitions, for the Euros coming up, it's going to be interesting to see if and at what stage he decides he needs to maybe move from the football club, Rob, to play first-team football. Because he's, he's not going to be happy sitting on the side. I mean, are we, are we, are we to, if we're to believe Mikel Arteta, though, Rob, yeah. th- this is going to be about two players for every position and, and, and some Correct. kind of rotation. Yeah. Do, do you st- I mean, I still think there is a possibility in about two or three games to say, you know what, well done, brilliant, did mm. nothing wrong, like Ramsdale yeah. didn't. Yeah. Now, now it's Ramsdale's turn to get to keep sharp and to keep fit. And they might have, you know, three or four games each, you know, mm. uh, uh, no, nobody in the game thinks that's the right thing to do. No, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing out the last yeah, lifeline. It, it, for, it's uh, different, for Rob. Ramsdale, Rob. We know Mikel Arteta makes some decisions that are different. He, he probably thinks things. He's got, he's got a developed mind. I think he, he's interested in, in trying things. And, and in some ways, he's saying, like any other player on the pitch, there's competition for places, and some will play one week and some will play the others I just think the the goalkeeping Mm. position Rob is so unique and in that the the work that you do you know even as an outfield player I'm I'm putting ourselves in this situation like you you need to know which keeper you got for me week in week out is he somebody who comes for crosses is he somebody who stays on his line is somebody who likes left foot right foot how's he look like the ball play there's all those little dynamics and nuances that you get through relationships I just think swapping and changing even if it's every three or four games 
I'm not quite sure. Mm. I think you lose something there, Robin, and I'd be surprised if he does. I'm not saying that Ramsdale won't get certain games and maybe cup competitions and whatever, but mm. it would seem to me at this stage mm. that Raya, you know, has certainly done nothing mm. wrong. A couple of clean sheets, made a couple of saves today. Looks like he's going to be number one. Yeah, it looked good today. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it looked good today, Rob. I thought it looked good. He's so sharp with his feet. Um, just ready to play mm. out. Made some good saves, as you said. Just Can final I, just, thing on it for me, oh, Rob. Sorry, go, on, yeah, finish. go on, then. No, finish your point, mate. And uh, okay. I, 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 just, what, what, just on the goalkeeper situation. Yeah. I, I was thinking the other day about it, and it's like the goalkeeper is like another captain. Well, obviously, you have a captain of the football team yeah. that's kind of an important player within that team. Yeah. I think being a goalkeeper has a, as much responsibility as a captain. It's a leader. It's a main leader in a team. Mm. And if you keep changing that position, it affects everybody else. Yeah. You know, in and around that critical area of the 18-yard the box, there's nobody more important than your goalkeeper to direct to... to, to, to make sure everybody's picked up and, and all the things that needs to yeah. be done. And, and that's, it's such an important mm. position. And if that's going to keep changing, it's like changing your leader, your, your captain yeah. all yeah. the time, you know, directs the way that you, you, you line up the walls or, you know, it's so many details mm. that makes it an, an extraordinary position to keep changing. But again, I just, that's my last thought on, uh, you know, on, on, on switching the two goalkeepers. So, so my last thought, and, and it was just, again, a thought that I had in terms of, of the two goalkeepers. I'm kind of thinking in my head, Rob, what what made Mikel Arteta move in this direction? Feel he needs to make this move in this direction. Now, competition for places, I get. Was Aaron Ramsdale at fault last season? In a few games, he made mistakes, but I think you can say that about them all. I think he, he would have learnt from that. Mm. So... Uh, I'm wondering reasons, Robert, and, and, and I'm going down a road, and it, again, it's just my thoughts, it might be wrong, I don't know. I'm wondering if the mm. personality of Ramsdale is something with Otto. You know, he looks like... Is it, he's, he's a bubbly character, he was a strong personality, we saw that in the emotional. documentary, but he's going to be a bit emotional. And I'm wondering if... if when, mm. I see, when I see David Ryder today, mate, and he made a really good save from Brennan Johnson in the first half, where he gets his hand to the ball, the thing, there's no drama mm. about mm. David Ryder. He makes a save, a great save. Mm. He just gets up and gets on with his business. I sometimes think with Ramsdale, a bit like, like Pickford, there's a bit of, I don't know, showbiz about it. There's a bit of noise. There's a bit of going mm. go, go. Mm. I think this guy's mm. a little bit more tempered. And I'm wondering if yeah. Arteta mm. feels in big moments, mm. in big games, when the pressure's on, Raya's personality might be mm. better suited. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, m maybe, mm. Rob. I mean... I don't know. We'll see mm. how it plays out. I mean, Absolutely. they're, they're two excellent goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, it's, it's going to be fascinating. And the game was fascinating, Rob, for me. Mm. The, game was, the game was fascinating for me. Um, you know, the, 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 the tempo was as expected. The yeah. atmosphere was expected. Yeah. Really, really hot atmosphere. Mm. Very high press, very aggressive press from Arsenal, Rob. And the first thing Absolutely. That, that, that comes to mind with this game was that press from Arsenal, mm. that plan to stop Spurs playing... Yeah. And the stubbornness and the persistence of Tottenham, Rob, yeah, to continue to, to play out from yeah. the goalkeeper, mm. to to keep trying and trying and trying and trying. And yeah. there was two, at least two occasions where they make mistakes, mm. they get caught on the ball. Jesus should have scored to make it yeah. two 0 You know, it is it is with risks. Mm. And Postacoglu has said many times, it's going to be scary at times for <laughs> Spurs fans to watch them do it. But I got to say, I do respect the way that they did it. Yeah. It's hard work for Arsenal, Rob, mm. in doing that press it's hard work yeah. and I felt certainly towards the last 10-15 minutes of the first half that, that the Spurs yeah. started they started to find ways through and Arsenal got a little 
tired of, of, of that press. And, and by the way, it's just a big picture on, on this one theme throughout the game. Yeah. Second half, again, I thought that Arsenal couldn't couldn't slash wouldn't, didn't want to put that energy in to try yeah. and high press all the time. And mm. Spurs, it's almost like they kept going and going yeah. and going. It's almost like the manager's like, listen, we've been here, I've been here before with different teams. Mm. And yeah, it's difficult. And yeah, we're going to give up goals and we're going to give up chances. But in my experience, the, the, the continued play, play, pass, 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 mm. the, it, 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 it finds a way through. And when they did get through, even the first half, by the way, yeah. they looked dangerous mm. when they got through that press. And again, it wasn't many times Arsenal won the, the territory kind of yeah. war, if you like, in, in terms of where the game was played for the majority. But I just I thought that was admirable of, of, the, of Spurs, mm. their new team, this new look, this new manager, and saying, I don't care. This is the way to go. And, and it's almost like, wow, we're kind of seeing it play out. Like, like yeah. you, you, yeah. you know, because lots of people say, look at it, Rob. Sorry, mate, I'm going on a little bit. No, but lots, no, lots of people look at it and, and say, mm. and say um, God, why are they doing this? They're giving up all the chances. And it's risky football. Yeah. And, you know, what, what are they? He's a lucky boy and all this stuff. But, but there's got to be a method behind the madness. Yeah. And I thought over the course of the game, and of course it was a, I thought it was a fair result actually at 2-2, mm. you saw that style find its way through that pressing mm. and then more progression into the game. And, and it became, I thought, an even game in the second half. I, I just thought that was a, the big takeaway for me, Rob, is that the style mm. and, the, and the manager and, and the Spurs manager wants to play that way. It's really interesting you say that, mate, because we haven't obviously spoken um, since, since the game mm. was played, first thing. And it's interesting that, that you know, we do a tactic session uh, on the NBC Sports YouTube channel, yeah. the tactic session. A tactic session was Arsenal's How early was press there? that could have won, them, you know, and, and Jesus miss on 32 minutes, mm. which would have put them 2 up. And then second half, Spurs starting to continue, had a little bit more press, had energy, and, and won the game through nicking the ball off Jorginho. So, similar thought, actually. And, and listening to Potter Cogley, well, I listened to his, his, his post-match interview a couple of times this, week, this weekend, Rob, because I wanted to make sure I got the detail and the understanding. And a couple of things he said, no restrictions we go to Spurs. I can't tell my team to play any different going to Spurs and then want them to, to revert back next week. He said, that isn't going how to it Arsenal. works. Yeah. To go, sorry, go to, to Arsenal. Yeah. He said, that isn't how it works. Yeah. I, we've got to believe in what we do. And we've got to believe in what we do is going to win us games. And as you say, there's going to be a few moments that ain't great. I thought Arsenal were particularly good on the press. Jesus is, is a master at, mm. at winning the ball back and hunting yeah. it down. I thought he was excellent in, in that first half. But as you say, Spurs, I thought Arsenal lost a little bit of their drive, a bit of energy, their, their structure with, with Declan Rice in the second half. And as you say, Spurs continue to play. They looked, um, I thought they, they continue to look a threat when they, when they played through that press. And in the end, I, I agree with you, I thought a duel was a fair result. But I, 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 w I thought it was admirable that in what are we, six Premier mm. League games and however few mm. months he's been in charge, the Postacoglu can have mm. the belief in his group and the group can have the mm. belief in themselves to continue to do what they do and know that, you know what, I think it's born out of Rob. If that's Mourinho or that's Conte and you make a mistake, he's probably dragging you off or you're getting hammered or he's putting you, putting you out there. Postacoglu is not that guy. Mm. I, I, absolutely right. And... Um... So many things, Rob, just to comment, and we don't want to spend too long on it, cause, but there's so many important things I thought in the game, performances yeah. particularly. When I look at uh, Spurs, Rob, and I think half the team, I think it's John Champion and commentator said that half the team are new mm. to this Spurs lineup. Yeah, and, young and, you know, well. Some of them hadn't played mm. the North London derby before. Um, very young team it is. Yeah. Uh, and just a few standouts. First off, Hyomin Sun playing as a striker. Brennan Johnson started the game, Rob, and I yeah. think... I, I would have said as well that maybe Johnson stays up, plays up front. We thought he might Hyomin be central, to the yeah. left-hand side. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I would have said the same thing. Um, it, Son is now going to be a striker, Rob, mm. isn't he? He's going to mm. be a striker for the, for, the, for the club. He's got a couple of goals today. He looks the part. You know, he leads very well. I saw the manager's interviews about afterwards about the way that he played. He was struggling with an injury. That's probably why he got substituted out of oh, the game. Okay. And, and to be fair, I thought the Spurs weren't... He, he was struggling going into the yeah. game, Rob. I think he had some niggle. Oh, OK. Um, that probably explains why he came out. Because yeah. at the time, I was like, why? Why, mm. why are you taking out yeah, you know, the best attacking mm. player? And I thought Spurs actually were never as good with, yeah. with uh, Richarlison in, in place of him. Um, other players I, I, um, I thought were, were excellent... Uh, Ibasuma midfield. I mean, I know he's been mentioned before, Rob, yeah. but Basuma, Blimenek. I, I, I think I know that he, I know that he's really good on the ball. He's technical and he can play, and he's got yeah. great vision. He can, he can play around corners, and he's clever. He manoeuvres the ball lovely. But I, I, he surprised me with his physicality, actually, Rob. For sometimes he tracked back yeah. um, really well. He was strong. He was, he's over aggressive. I think in the one moment where he got a yellow card, when he rushed up to the goalkeeper, I thought Ibasuma was very good. And I'm going to continue on with my with my uh, my appreciation of players in in this week's underappreciated performer. Mm. It's a Tottenham Hotspur player, and uh, it's kind of kind of early. I'm going kind of early on him, um, Mickey Van der Ven. Yeah, Mickey Van der Ven, this young, quick central defender they brought into the club. I thought there. You talk about no no drama. Yeah, he is. He is a, a really compo uh, composed footballer. We know about his pace. I think he makes really well-timed challenges many of the times. Very comfortable on the ball. He's got great mm. height, great presence. And he's quietly, he's quietly proving to be a, a, an excellent acquisition, Rob, because yeah. we know how difficult it is to find players to play at this level in that position, um, playing alongside Romero, who can be a little bit frenetic and temperamental yeah. well, temperamental but over aggressive and mm. not e probably not an easy partner to have so i just think somebody to watch is partly underappreciated partly yeah. everybody watch him a little bit when you see spurs just watch him mm. because it's so easy when you watch a game to to focus on the ball and your eye goes with the ball and your eye goes with the, the attacking yeah. players and the movements just switch your vision in the game to look at defenders and look at van der ven and how he reads play mm. never gets caught out and he's got that pace up in yeah. what he does so yeah. just somebody you know from the weekend i'm like mm. and I, I just think in that sort of environment mm. in that kind of game that atmosphere he had a he had a very very good game is there one I'm just trying to think of one mistake he made. I think he made one mistake. I can remember him now putting his hands up. Just a bad ball. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. he was immaculate. Yeah, it's a really good shout, mate. I've got him down where I think they're a nice mix, Romero and Van der Ven. It's usually mm, the older yeah. player who's a little bit more considered and the younger one's a bit hot-headed. It's the other way around here. Van der Ven's got a really nice demeanour, doesn't get too upset about things. Romero's got that little bit of fire that you want if it's controlled. Uh, he's quick, Rob. He's left-footed. He's really good on the build-up, comfortable to have the ball and, and play out the yeah. back. And you say that speed of recovery in his size, uh, I think it's a really good shout. Um, yeah. Especially when, when you think of, and, and you know, I, I don't want to pile on to it, but Eric Dyer, Rob, who we, we, we've been saying for years, and you just don't, there's no reliability no. in Eric Dyer. This young man's come yeah. in, um, you know, Dutch international, and looks like he's going to be somebody who you can build a platform on and build some, some success. So, yeah, it's a really good shout, Van der Ven, mm. um, from mm. Spurs. For, for Arsenal, Rob, who did you think? I thought Jesus, 
affected the game with, he, with his closing down and his ability. Just, I said to one of the, 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 our guys in, in the studio, if he could finish as well as he closed yeah. downs and win the balls, he, he'd be he'd be Erling Haaland type yeah. of, of level because yeah. he, he's brilliant yeah. at winning the ball back. Sometimes just gets a bit rash, doesn't balance himself, doesn't control himself when he finished. But I thought he was he was a good spark for mm. for uh, Arsenal. He, Saka, I thought, did started quite brightly and was involved in obviously with, with both the goals. Odogi was on a yellow mm. card, but I think managed managed him not bad. I think that came out pretty even between those, those two. Um, from Arsenal's mm. point of view, there wasn't. I wouldn't say there was many outstanding performances. Um, what, do you, what do you think of, of Declan mm. Rice? And, and there was these rumours, Rob, that he's got a bit of a back injury. That's why he came off. Some are talking about whether it was a, these are, might be a strain on the calf as well. He didn't look best mm. pleased, and obviously mm. that's probably because it's a North London derby. Yeah. He's involved. You know, I'm sure yeah. if Arteta can keep him on, he, he would. But. I thought they, they yeah. lacked a little something in midfield. I thought they were easier to play against. I thought a bit of their energy and the drive went when he, when he was off the pitch. Yeah, it's interesting, Rob, because, you know, Jorginho came into the game mm. and actually played the ball around really nicely. Yeah, he got yeah. caught on the ball, didn't he? Got caught mm. on the goal for first Chomin-san's second goal. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, wow, you know, that, that's, that's a direct hit. So I think, I think that the midfield is still, it's just not, it's just not finished. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know who's going to finish it off. Kai Havertz did come into the game. Mm. Uh, Fabio Vieira played, yeah, didn't, didn't have a big impact. Yeah. The, the, I said it before, the Granite Xhaka miss is still a big miss for me. Mm. And, and because of Havertz is, is struggles a little bit in that position, it's, it's a problem role. I thought yeah. they quite badly missed Gabriel Martinelli, Rob, yeah. as a left winger. Yeah. He's, a, he's a star player for them. And when he doesn't play and Trossard's injured as well, yeah. then you have an issue on that side. I thought that was a problem. So Arsenal, you know, I still, you know, again, my main, I still haven't seen the fully grooved Arsenal yeah, yet, yeah. you know, and it was, it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad performance at mm. all. It had great energy. And there was, there was, uh, you know, the fans are still, of course, right into it and they're, they're almost there, but they're still not quite yeah. as grooved as we saw them last year. Mm. And, and I, the midfield position particularly, of course, it doesn't help when you haven't got one of your yeah, two amazing players, wingers playing yeah. in Martinelli. So yeah, I mean, Jesus, yeah, you had a chance at two nil that that's the, that's the composure, isn't it? There's mm. one thing like, that you'd want him to be as a complete player. It's just to, take, to exhale there, take yeah, a breath, yeah. maybe take the ball forward. Just think about what, yeah. like, a, like an Henri there. Mm. An Henri there probably yeah. slows himself down. He maybe fakes, he takes it closer to the goal and side foots it in the corner. It's just yeah. a, little, a little rash. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's not quite flowing for Arsenal as expected it, it, mm. it to be. Um, but it, two, isn't two, it important, you know, I, I, I hear your point and, and, and I totally agree. Mm. Isn't it important that for now, while it's not, they keep, you know, remain unbeaten if they can, continue to, to win games even if it's not as pretty as they'd like and hope the football yeah. comes? Because I, I, yeah. I read something interesting last week where they said, somebody said, if you compare Arsenal to last season, they're, 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 they're well short of that level of groove and rhythm, intensity mm. and passing, yeah. but mm. maybe they're a bit steelier, maybe they're a bit more experienced, maybe they're finding ways in games that maybe mm. they wouldn't have last season. Maybe. So. I don't know, but I agree with you. If they continue to keep going and then it clicks into gear, you know, once things settle down, maybe Martinelli comes back. Trossard is is a miss and gives them a little bit of a different Mm. dimension up there. But um, I I, I agree with you. It's not quite clicking in in the way that you like, but they're still unbeaten and they've still had a good start to the season. Rob, just just finally on this game, I I did want to appreciate one more thing about Spurs that I enjoyed today, Rob, is that 
you know, and of course we're learning all the time on, yeah. on this, this version of Spurs. I thought at times they were very, very tough today. Mm. We all know about the expansive yeah. football and playing out from the back and almost a total football style from the manager. Yeah. But I thought at times when they had to dig in, there was a, there was a ton of great crosses, set pieces that came in yeah. from, from Saka, particularly on that right-hand side. I thought he defended really, really strongly and, and they were tough. Um, in in difficult moments, it, yeah. uh, that impressed me. And just just kind of just on the bigger picture with them, really. After six games, this manager Rob, it it, yeah. it, it, it looks like it's such a positive vibe and also an identity. Mm. There there mm. really is an identity. I, I feel like if I watch them now, I know exactly what they're going to do. I yeah. know exactly how they're going to try and play. I know what what things they can go to. I know what uh, you know. I, I know what their movements are from the fullbacks. They continue to do their thing. I, I just think it's got to be hard to get such an identity mm. with good results, and it's so different to what it was under the previous yeah. managers. It's that that's pretty special. And um, there was a quote from a Spurs player; it might have been James Madison, sort of saying that there's a really there's a really good vibe around the place, yeah. as if like this is the start of something special with this guy and this team. Again, it's six games in. Yeah. This is a good result from them. I just wanted to give a final bit of praise for the job that the manager's done yeah. in such a short period of time, given how different it is to what some of these players are used to. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, actually, James Madison, after the game, I think on social media, we got told, it sort of put something out saying, you know, fight, you know, prepare mm. to dig deep, you know, Hung in there, got got yeah. a good share of the points. Not so Spursy as though, like this team are determined that they're not going to fall yeah. into that barrier. And on my notes, Rob, yeah. I, I put yeah. two things down, uh, a couple of things down today in terms of Spurs. I said it's a, it's a football test because you go into Arsenal, can have the ball thing, but it's a personality test as well for Spurs. It's about can you still be Spurs? Can you still do what you want to do away from home at one of the best teams in the league? And they did. They continued to do that. They got a point, and um, it's probably a better point for them. Mm. Than it, than it is for Arsenal. Hmm. All right, mate. Uh, we should move on. Um, mm. I, I did want to ask you about the handball of Romero, but I think there's a handball later on that we can we can talk a, a little bit about again. This this handball. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Um, let's move on to yeah. Let's move on to Chelsea. Chelsea. Oh my goodness. I think I th mm -hmm. you know continues the same theme a little bit. Chelsea yeah. struggling at home. Um, nil. Aston Villa one. Uh, Roger Pochettino, Rob, I'm starting to yeah. make notes of things that his quotes, actually. I'm starting to make notes of his <laughs> quotes that he's saying where I'm like... It doesn't sound like a good really? thing, mostly. It doesn't sound like that's a good no, thing. No, it doesn't. A good draw. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I don't... Please don't... Please don't start dressing up as anything other than what it is. And I know managers have mm. to, to speak to try and protect the squad and the team and to keep the enthusiasm and the hope alive at the club, and I get that. But... Another, another kind of. Afterwards, I caught an interview where he said, "Like we pe were performing well, like it was a good performance. Like mm. it can't be, can it? I mean, it, this is another game where they struggle to score. And again, by the way, we can't. I can't dissect this game. No, this is one of those games in that no. crazy yeah. window when there's. So I didn't see it all. I'm mm. looking at highlights. I'm looking yeah. at quotes. I'm looking at extended highlights and goals and stuff like that. So I can't, you know, I can't be too too detailed about this. But yeah. this is an awful look, Rob, isn't mm. it? Again, this continues where. God blimey, we've talked about the the experiment, the the amount of young players, yeah. unproven in some ways, but talented, and trying to throw them all together in a team. My goodness, this is this is turning into a nightmare, Rob. That's mm. five points, isn't it, in, yeah. in six games and another One home win. defeat with no yeah. goals. Yeah, not great at all, mate. Um, and I have to go back to, I think, our, our conversation 
beginning of the season or just when the season started where I said, mate, it's going to need patience. And, 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 and in t- times of term, and I'll say it again, two years. It's, it's a two-year thing before this team. And, and there's going to be some dark days. Um, hopefully, from, from Chelsea's point of view, there's some brighter days. People, it, There's so many younger, younger players, Rob, who or inexperienced players or players in, in this group, which I was trying to think about it. When, when Conor Gallagher's your, your captain today of Chelsea, and no, no disrespect at all to him because I think he, he, he's a really good Premier League player, now an international footballer, but... When he's, having to ca- when he's captaining the team, it tells me that around them that there's players who... I don't know, it's, it's like when you become a pro, Rob, and you get to, you know, you've, you've been in the game for a few years, you kind of understand some things and know where to be and know when to run and know when to, to sit in and not give things away. And you have an experience, you have a, 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 a background, you, you have a, 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 a body of work that you can call on to get you out mm. of situations. Yeah. This group haven't got that collectively, and there's individuals within it who are, who are not playing particularly well. So Gusto goes in the challenge. I thought it was a little bit harsh with, with the red. I think in, in mm. slow, slow motion it mm. made it look worse. But and it's a challenge. Mm. He goes off. Ollie Watkins gets the goal. Mm. You know Nicholas Jackson's struggling for goals. You know Mudrick's not quite mm. happy. There's loads of people who are not quite being able to, to have a body of work to fall back on. And when you do that collectively, it's a problem. Now, I know, and I know where I think you'll go. There's, the patience, will, I think, will be there, but there's got to be progress. And at the moment, I would say there isn't being the progress that you expect from the kind of investment and the kind of yeah. quality that's in the squad. Hmm. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think that's, that's always important, isn't it? What, what I will push you on, Rob, is... Is the two-year... It's not a push, really. It's just another yeah. question. Yeah. When you sort of say it's going to take two years, yeah. I, I, I would... My, my gut feeling is that in that two years, there's got to be new players brought in, Rob. Now, I want to know from you whether yeah. you believe if no other players... If no other players come into this first-team squad, uh, yeah. that it's going to take two years for this team to improve, to get better, mm. to figure out the Premier League, for the manager to mm. get find the right system, the right way of playing, for injuries yeah. and all that... Do you believe that this group can be where Chelsea want to be in two years or whether that's going to involve more additions in those two years? Well, I, I think there's going to be you know, a certain amount of, of, of traffic in and out. I think that's just natural in any window in any club. I mean, Chelsea are trying to get some players out who, who they couldn't before the window. Um, they're, a bit, they're a bit heavy laden. I still think for all that they've spent, they're short of a, of a, of a centre-forward, Rob, and I think that's a burning issue. Nicholas Jackson, who we, you know, we, we saw in, in, in the summer series, it's one thing to, to look dangerous in those games. You've got to convert that into performances and goals in the Premier League. At the moment, he's struggling. It's not The team's not helping him, but he's struggling to find the bat regularly. So I think a, a, a proper striker. But I do think the, there's going to be development with, uh, amongst the players. So to take your point and, 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 and to, to answer your point, I think there's enough in this group with Pochettino given time that we, we can talk about the body mm. of work and we can talk about looking at maybe some of the Arsenal players and how they developed over the last couple of years to get to where they are now. But it's going to take mm. some diffi- difficult times and, and maybe Pochettino's job at the moment with young players is to go out in the media and not put them away maybe as a Mourinho might mm. or some mm. other kind of manager. Mm. Um, but but mm. listen, it, 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 it's, it's, not fun, it's not a fun watch. There was a, a few murmured uh, bu- 
booze towards the end of the game. Mm. So, you know, fans will, will, will give it some time. But, you know, the, the, again, they'll want to see better football and more progression. Of all the clubs, Rob, of all the clubs, the big clubs, to go about this process in this way, yeah. I mean, it, it would have to be... I mean, I suppose they're all... I guess they're all similar. But, but Chelsea are used to immediate results, victories, yeah. trophies, success, mm. if not change. Yeah. OK, here we go. Yeah. Trophies, success. And then it goes stale, change. Mm. The, I mean, it's so different for these fans to yeah. sort of have to witness it. Yeah. I, could, I would... I would not expect, but I wouldn't be surprised if 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 Chelsea fans are like lose interest. Like, I mean, really, we got to wait here and, and yeah. wait for this kind of yeah. project to happen now, and and the excitement totally goes out the club, totally goes out the team. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Chelsea fans are going to be are all over this and like, yeah. you know what? This is this is this is going to be worth it. We'll be patient. But what we've known about this club in the past, it's so different what they're doing to mm. what, and what the fans are seeing week, week in week out. I don't know how they're going to react, Rob. Are they going to? I mean, there's booze today. Does that get worse? Does that continue? I mean, everybody wanted Pochettino and everybody yeah. agreed it was the right guy. Yeah. Where does it go, Rob? Where, where does the criticism from the fans end up? Mm. Is it going to go back to the, to the ownership and the Eventually decisions Eventually it'll go them, to ownership or... if they're not happy. Eventually it'll go to manager because, you know, as much as I think everybody likes Poch and understands he's a great coach and develops players, you want progress, Rob. And, mm. and if, it, if it's bottom half of the table mm. again for any sustained period, people are, are not going to be happy. And, and I can understand that. And I think Pochettino understands that. So he's got to get improvement. He's got to get a little bit more from his players, be a bit you know, more confident mm. in, in possession. Um, but I think, Rob, as well, I, I, I want to make the point um, that this wasn't just about Chelsea. Let, let's give Aston Villa a little bit of credit because Unai Emery and... Yeah. Not too dissimilar terms of, of, of being at a football club has changed the complete outlook of, of a club that was playing in Europe midweek. It didn't particularly go as they like. It's probably brought a more experienced type of player. You look at someone like Ollie Watkins, got his first Premier League goal today, scored goals in, in yeah. Europe, uh, etc. But it's almost like you look at Chelsea, they could do with an Ollie Watkins. A centre forward who runs in behind, he's not too mm. complicated, plays with the team, he's good age, mm. you know, he's willing to, to, to hold, hold the ball up for, for his teammates. Um, I think there's a nice mix about the way that, that Villa go about their business, that they're, they're well set up, they're organised with the ball and, and without. Um, mm. You know, where mm. they, they sit sixth in the table, Aston Villa, mate. Um, you know, and, and would probably go to Chelsea now and say... Yeah, Chelsea didn't play particularly well, but hold on, give us give us a little bit of credit. And so I think it, it, we should do give a bit mm -hmm. of credit to teams like like Aston Villa yeah. uh, and Unai. I mean, the job he's done there. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, they they sneak up that league table. They're getting mm. themselves in a position where they want to be. They want to be kind of challenging from that kind of position. Yeah. Um, so it's great, great, great for Aston Villa. You know, I mean, he's had a few. There's a few bad ones, weren't there? A few bad yeah. results. Yeah. I thought, you know, opening weekend wasn't it? We were at St James's Park mm. and saw that kind of. Um, Real struggle yeah, in the second half, but fair play, fair play. There's mm. a structure about it, there's a foundation about the team now under this guy, and they've got back to, to winning ways. And, and, you know, like Forrest before them, that's a yeah. great win. Yeah. I, you know, I know that we've, you know, the, the Chelsea are new and finding their feet, but that's still a great win. Well, yeah, one on Aston Villa, good for them, and they're sneaking up the table. Let's take you to Turf Moor, my friend. Uh, Burnley hosting Manchester United. And Manchester United that uh, had come off three straight defeats at competitions. Uh, spotlight on, on Ten Hag in the football club in terms of 
People suggesting that it's leakies, people suggesting these cliques, people suggesting that the, the club's not being run properly, whether the manager's got the control and, and, and the relationship with the dressing room as he should have. So there was all kinds of questions being asked, Rob, and this, this on paper looked to be a difficult game going to newly promoted uh, Burnley, former Manchester City player, Vincent Company as their manager to give it a, even a, a little more spice. What, what, what do you think of the game? What do you think of United? What was your takeaway in the result in the performance? Um, OK, so great result. Good, yeah. Really good result. And I think everybody that, that's around mm. the Premier League and knows you know, the state of Manchester United right now understood how important it was to get the result. And yeah. they've got the result 1-0 mm. through a brilliant volley from Bruno. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant technique. A lovely ball in from Johnny Evans over yeah. the top. And it's just, it's just a special talent to be able to do that to get the goal. Um, so that, I thought Hannibal was excellent. Yeah. I really like him. Really yeah. like him, Rob. I mean, not only has he got a little bit about him in terms of the attacking side of it and, of course, scored, scored um, was it last weekend? I, yeah, he scored the goal, goal against scored, Brian, really didn't he? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, what, what, an, what an engine. What an engine. Is he, is he ahead I, of Ganacho, like, wow, Rob? Would he be ahead of Ganacho now in, in that kind of well, finding in a, spot? in a different position, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he played as number 10. He played mm. number 10. Bruno played on the outside, Rashford on the left. Yeah. Um, Hannibal's legs. I mean, mm. I just think United need that. I, I saw him running forward. I saw him ch chasing back. If you watch him, he's always on the go. He's got an incredible mm. engine. Um, what is he, 20 years of age? I you were going to say Hannibal Lecter um, then I, when I, you went Han Hannibal Lecter. I no, thought you were going down that, down that line. I can't say his last name. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to chuck in any kind of puns or anything. No, no. I, I thought he was excellent. Yeah. Um, all that being said, and I understand the injuries, and, uh, mm. and I know that uh, Lissandra yeah, Martinez is injured Martinez again now, and you have, you have Evans, and yeah, yeah Shaw's out. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of changes to the lineup, and and that's probably the reason why they look so passive. And yeah. you know, again, I, I, it just it's just hard to see a Burnley play team that can dominate possession against yeah. Man United. And again, yeah. I know the circumstance. I know mm. they're out. I know they got a grind, and I and I like it. I like United for that. Yeah. Um, but but longer term, wow. Like uh, it, it just seems odd to me. It just it just it's an odd look. The Manchester United, yeah. you know, for large periods are forced back and they're defending. They're sitting in a good shape and all that kind of stuff. But that's not. It's just not the sort of game rhythm pattern you expect from no. Burnley versus Manchester United. Burnley, mm. a newly promoted team, trying to find a new, a new actual starting eleven because of so many changes. So yeah. that, that's my take, Rob. Really well yeah. done. But mm. well, like I, I still, I still kind of expected a little bit more in terms of the the football and being yeah. dominant with the ball. Yeah. What, what did you think? I agree with you uh, in many respects. It was about the result. It was about getting the three points. It was about the clean sheet for a goalkeeper who's been under pressure, Rob. Uh, I thought their structure w w was better as the game went on. I, I, I thought they didn't have too many sort of dramatic moments, partly because of Burnley were a little bit disappointed. I thought when they got to the last third, the build-up play and, and, and approach play was decent. Um, Colliosho on the left-hand side is a threat and, and looks like things can happen when he gets the ball, but uh, not, I mean, Lyle Foster up top was, was a bit of a miss. Um, but, but when mm. I look at Manchester United, Rob, and um, we spoke to Johnny Evans after, who gave a really great interview, talked about time with Tim and, and, and was, 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 you know, probably had a goal disallowed for a header, assists on the Bruno uh, finish, was, was excellent playing next to Lindenhoff and... Uh, Ten Hag's talk about how important he was. 
But let's just just think about Rob. What what where we are and what we're talking about. At the start of the season, Manchester United, uh, and my yeah. words were, got to get closer. Got to get closer to, to things. Not not ready to win a title, mm. but we've got to start to see him getting closer. And so I don't know. 10 points, 8 points, something like that would be, you know, well, that's pretty good. And I know we're really on, but when you look at the two teams. And, and, I, and I heard a phrase last week that I thought, I'm, I'm going to drop this one on Musty. It was somebody talking about sports and says, a team can either be a metre away or a mile away. Which are they? You can be a metre away from somebody close, or you can be a mile away. Well, well if mm. Manchester City are the benchmark... Manchester United are a million mm. miles away. A million miles away yeah, from, from where they yeah. want to be. Possession, yeah. build-up, understanding. And we didn't expect that, Rob. No, we, we didn't expect we it didn't. at this point. And, this and, and so, but let me, let, let me quite finish my point. And mm. absolutely, Johnny Evans, who I have a huge respect for, 35 years of age, playing for Manchester United, is, is a testament to him as a professional, his fitness, the way he conducts himself, etc., etc., but Manchester United needing Johnny Evans, Rob. They've got Harry Maguire, who they don't want, can't get rid of, couldn't get him out the door. Anthony Marshall, we've talked about, has been at the football club eight years. We still don't know if he's really a centre-forward. Scott McTominay, who's a great lad, will be a, a star player in another team, but is no longer... Manchester United, if they're going to get closer, the metre away, have to move on. Danny van der Beek, Rob, was on the bench this weekend. I mean, yeah, where does that come from? There's so many players... In this, still in this squad around this football club, who are not at the level where we think Manchester United should be, therein lie some of the problems. Rob, I, I wish I, I wish I had my list with me. I'm just trying to find my list. You know the the problems, right? And I know that there's all sorts of you know the the the, the talk about the ownership and all that, and yeah, I get yeah, that. And yeah. they're the the mm. owners. They they hire. The directors of football, yeah. the, the, the directors, the, 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 yeah, the, the chiefs you know, of, the, the football of the football club. Yeah. The biggest problem with this club over the last five, six years has been the recruitment. Mm. The recruitment. Mm. There was a stat last week, Rob, that Manchester United have spent the most money assembling the current squad. The most money in the world, Manchester <laughs> United. So the money, yeah. the money has been there to spend on new players. Yeah. And my list was the most expensive players for Manchester United. And you got Maguire, you got Anthony, you got Jaden Sancho, you had Di Maria going back five to six years. Yeah. There, there's so many that are the expensive marquee signings every season that have done nothing. Yeah. Have done nothing. So that that for me, and I know. Listen. There's no the owners are the owners and, and it all lies on them. But if they would have had a, a better director of football yeah. to to spend this money wisely, yeah. you've got a good manager now. Eric mm. Ten Hag knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's trying to instill the discipline. But the fact that when you look back, I looked back a few days ago, Rob, at the one of his websites, Transfer Market, mm. that's all uh, all the signings. When you look at Manchester United, back to I think it was. Was it 18, 19 or uh, around about 2019? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. wow, Di Maria, that was a huge fee. And, I, and I, I haven't got my list. My memory's not very good. But it's like there's so many, Rob, it's mm. like, wow, didn't work out, did it? Oh, yeah, well, Mar let I think Martial was in that let, list. Let me like, stop you there, mate, because it's, it's, on, a, it's a brilliant point you make. Um, how are we in the position that 
And I know, is it uh, Michael Edwards who's at Liverpool and Paul Mitchell's at places? And all these people, you know, Newcastle have gone and got Dan Ashworth. And, you know, there's they, they probably ten names in European football who were held as uh, the guys who can set this thing up and, and get it done. How, how are we in a position that the biggest club in England, the most successful club in England over recent, in, uh, recent yeah. times, cannot attract that person... Yeah. And set them up to, to be at their football club. How, how, how can that happen? How can Newcastle find Dan Ashworth, who can put a, a, a system in place? And, and this, uh, Michael Edwards left Liverpool and listen, Liverpool, yeah, and all that. How, 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 how are we in a position? Who, whose negligence is that? Is that, the, is that owners or is that the next level down yes. of executives? Because, oh. because that's where the deficiency is. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely right. Absolutely right. And and listen, it's not really our, our style, Rob, to to, to to you know point people out particularly. But John yeah. Murta is a director of football at the club, mm. and he and he's a, he's a he's a kind of inexperienced. Uh, he's a great football man, been around yeah. the game a long yeah. time. I know Tim Howard knows him from Everton, their yeah. time together at Everton. And it was a, it was a you know I remember speaking to somebody, Rob, and, and I said about God, John Murta. And they said, well, you think about it, Michael Edwards was promoted from within at Liverpool and what an amazing job he did. Their feeling was that Man United are doing the same thing. They're they're one of the guys who's been there a long period of time, been involved in scouting. You're going to be our director of football. It just hasn't gone well given the facts and figures and the results mm. of, his, of, of the signings since he's been there, probably before him as well, to be fair. Yeah. It's Ed Woodward. You're into Ed Woodward yeah. territory yeah. then, Rob, as well. So between Ed Woodward and John Murta, I'd say two, two, two guys that are not really qualified to be, to be making the, the key multi-million dollar signings of a club the size of Manchester United. Yeah. And I think right now you're still getting the fallout from all that money being spent. And they're, they're, they've got some issues, I think, with financial fair play. They can't afford to bring in Harry Kane, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it goes back to, to that part. But you're right. Who made the decision to, to, to put Edward in control of football matters and then John Murta? Well, it's above those. And it comes down to the ownership. And that's where it does always start from the top, Rob. And, yeah. um, you know, again, we've gone off a bit of a, of a tangent mm. there. We got into yeah, it a little bit. Yeah, but, that, yeah. you know, y- y- I just had a look at that list. I'm like, gosh, so much money spent on people, that players mm. that haven't done it. There might be reasons for that. They might yeah. say, well, the yeah. environment, the club, whatever it is. But, but end of story. And you compare that, and I don't want to get into it right now, but one of my notes on Man City game, Rob, we've got yeah. them, we could chat them yeah. next, I think, or in a couple of matches' time. Their recruitment has been incredibly amazing. Wow. Wow. It's been I mean, absolutely amazing. Them, them yeah. wasted the gold standard, one, again, mate. A list. It's, it's the gold standard of recruitment. Of recruitment, yeah. Let, let me just oh, take. Sorry, let, me just right. take so, let me just take you back to yeah. the game on, on one point because I, I, I don't want to miss yeah. this, and, and, and I think it's important. I think I mentioned it on air yesterday. Bruno Fernandez, my friend, who's often criticised. Maligned often, more often from fans, fans who are not Manchester United, but. It's seen a bit moany as goes down, it goes whinges at yeah. referees, at whatever. I've got to tell you, I thought he was he was serious yesterday and in, in, in playing in a position that wasn't natural, maybe on that right hand side as, as Hannibal came in. I thought he worked hard for the team. His goal was something special. Was the quality that unfortunately uh, Vincent Company doesn't have in his Burnley team, maybe saw in his Man City team. I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant goal. I feel, I think leadership mm. comes in different ways and he's not the archetypal Steve Bruce, Roy Keane, Brian Robson, who you knew as, as a player and a manager. He's not that sort of yeah. manager. 
but he can do it in different ways. He's a bit more Stevie G. I'm going to play this way. I'm going to have a good attitude, hopefully, yeah. you know, and that. And I just thought he deserves yeah. a special mention because he, he, he's one of those yeah. who gets a lot of stick on, on your general basis. And I, and I was thinking about this, and I was saying... Right now, Rob, if, if those Manchester United players, I know some's potential Hoyland and, and Rashford's having a little bit of a time of it, but, mm. you know, but we know the upside. Yeah. Right now, Bruno Fernandes is the only player who could go to another top, top six team out of the Manchester United players. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know. I, I, listen, um, which is amazing, by the way. I mean, Marcus yeah. Rashford, yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about Rashford. Mm. The, the hot and cold nature of, of Marcus Rashford over the years... Is 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 very frustrating to me. And quickly on Bruno Fernandez, you know how I feel about him. Yeah. You know, I I I just think he's a star player. Mm. He's a star player, and I don't care. That's I one will good, take. That's one good recruitment, by the way. Let's give the recruitment that they, that they got yes. Bruno in. That, you're absolutely right. You're mm. absolutely right. And that is a star. That, that yeah. really is a great signing. Mm. Um, but I don't care if he's a little bit arrogant or he talks back to referees mm. and throws his arms up in the air sometimes. You, you, I, I, He's, he's a talent. He can yeah. play through balls. He works hard. He's, he's kind of aggressive. He plays yeah. with some fire in his belly. And he's got brilliant quality. Yeah. So the least, of, the least of Man United's troubles is Bruno Fernandes. So it's good that you, you pointed him out. But I'd never, I don't need to do that for me because yeah. I, I, I know what he's like. And I know how good he is. And I know I'd love him in, in any of my teams. I just think he's, he's that good in, in different positions. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's an element out there that, that still like, moans and groans about Bruno mm. Fernandes. There's more problems in yeah. the squad than him um, but no it's the right time to bring it out mm. because of his goal just beautiful technique and a player that, that wants to win Rob yeah. with all the, everything else going on he mm. wants to win he's fired up and uh, I love it little line on, on oh, Burnley Rob okay, just before so, we move on just because there'll be a few Burnley fans I'm, yeah. I'm sure we'll be saying you know we haven't give them a mention. I mean, as you say, more possession than, than Manchester United. I thought their build-up play in the structure was pretty good till they got the last third. I thought they struggled then to turn that into anything. They're not a particularly mm -hmm. big team, the, the team that, that played, so they didn't really mm -hmm. want to cross balls in. Everything's got to be worked, and they didn't quite have that quality or the craft to, to, to make too many chances. Or Dooney was it? Dooney had, mm -hmm. had the chance to hit the post that came out. I think if that goes in, it is a bit different at home and the fans can get into it. Um, mm. Mm. Any worries for, for Vincent? Uh, only one point so far. I mean, champions last year, 101 points, you know, best defensive record, played all the great football, but it's a very different team. It's a very different look now. A lot of lone players gone back, etc. Yeah. Any worries for Burnley, Rob, with, with, with where we are? I think I certainly felt that they yeah. would be the one of the promoted teams who might have a best chance yeah. of staying up. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. And my, my, my comment is, don't write him off just yet. Mm. Don't write him off. I think they're improving. I think they've had a very difficult schedule to start the season. Yeah. Very, very difficult games. When you're trying to build a new team and bring in new players. I think Zeki Mdouni is, is actually, maybe special is a little bit of a, of a too yeah. strong a word. I think he's a really good player, Rob. Mm. He could have scored that goal. Yeah. He could have scored a header. He heads yeah, it into the ground. Exactly. He's bright. He's lively. He's skillful. Carlos Show, as you said, can play on either flanks. Looks mm. really, really good as well. They lack, they're lacking scorers. And, mm. and Lyle Foster, the South African striker, who's got a couple of things already yeah, for him, two, two or three. Goals, yeah. um, he was really, really missed. I mean, it, it, they're, they're knocking the ball around pretty nice. Mm. And, and I looked at the way that... I had a good look at them actually, Rob, and they're doing quite a lot of things as well. The modern way with the fullbacks yeah. at times, like, a little bit like Spurs, Rob. I made a note of it. Both fullbacks come in, come infield and invert into midfield areas. Mm. They're, they're, they get the ball to their wide players a lot. There's, they're improving, Burnley, yeah. and I and I know this is a tough one to take. 
Um, but I just see signs in, in this team that maybe against some of the, the weaker sides in the yeah. league, and they haven't yeah. played many of them, really, um, they, that their style and that kind of football is going to maybe be enough in certain games. Yeah. So, again, w- watch this space a little bit. Uh, mm. You know, whether in January, if they can yeah. get, go and try and find a striker to get some goals, that's going to be the thing that lets them down because their general possession of football, mm. I think, is getting getting pretty good and certainly pleasing on the eye. And they've got a couple of players with a little bit of talent that's going to get better. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think I looked at the XG, Rob, on this game, yeah. the expected goals, and it was really, really tight. Mm. I mean, they had chances... The, the, the chance of uh, Mdouni in the first yeah. chance where he hits in the first yeah, half where he hits the post. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't many clear-cut chances in the game, and Burnley had a, a couple of really good looks. So, yeah. yeah, they'll take it on the chin, but I think there's there's signs of optimism for Burnley with this game and of previ- previous others that are starting to find a little bit of rhythm and a bit of flow. Obviously, uh, companies learn all this stuff at City and yeah. Pep, and I guess the experience at Anderlecht as well. But I think there's there's more to come from this Burnley team. Let's take you to Anfield, Liverpool. Mm. Sneaky good start to the season, my friend. (laughs) 16 points, sitting second behind Manchester City. Uh, We just did the low down and asked Lady Low, uh, you know, if if Man City are not going to win their fourth straight title and defend it again this time around, which is the team most likely to knock them off? And she said, I know it's a bit Mm. early and I don't want to go full on, but she said... I've probably got to say Liverpool right mm. now. Um, I'm mm. not sure if Jurgen Kl- well, mm. whether Jurgen Klopp will, will want those kind of, of comments or he's happy just to stay sneaky under the radar at the moment, keep going. But yeah. I think we've talked about this team, Rob, <clears throat> if they can get that defensive structure better, the front line is going to score goals, they can rotate in and out and, and these threats from all over. Darwin Nunez scored against mm. Newcastle Cupball, he got one again to, mm. today. Um, is there a sense, I, I mean... It was interesting, the Europa League, Rob, because I watched this game midweek uh, for Liverpool and it was a bit of a struggle. Uh, he rotated, he changed many players, mm. he rested a load. It was a bit of a struggle mm. for, for a while. He had to get one or two of the big boys on to see it off. Could that be the thing mm. that slightly upsets him? That, that, you know, I was pleased that he kind of went, this is Europa League team at the moment. We might have a different look yeah. on the Premier League. If he can continue to do that, I think they'll be OK. I'm not sure he can do Thursday nights and Sundays, Rob, and keep that level of performance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. And, and I think Liverpool are a club with stature that that will prioritise a Premier League and, and yeah. it is an opportunity to play some of the other players. And I'm sure Jurgen Klopp, given their squad and the club and everything else, will think they, they should have a good chance of winning the Europa League. Yeah. But... You know, I think I think they are they are going to make a run for it in the Premier League. I think it's a really good sign where we're at right now. Um, I looked at the front three, Rob, and, and Mo Salah, Darwin Nunez, and Luis Diaz. Mm. That that's for me. That's got to be it. That's got to be the main three. And of course, we know that Gakpo and, and Jota, Jota yeah. came on and scored a goal. Mm. We'll we'll rotate in and around those three. But if those three can find form at the same time and stay fit. Yeah. Obviously, we know about the front three of past Liverpools that were so dominant and mm. so brilliant for them for for week after week after week. They kind of need that again. And I think Darwin Nunez, lovely goal, wasn't it? The little ball yeah, over from McAllister, just, chips over the top. He finished yeah. it really nicely. Um, Mo Salah with a penalty. Luis Diaz mm. won the left-hand side. That's the future of the club. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, again, I know Trent's out right now with an injury. Yeah. Joe Gomez playing at right back. It kind of... It kinda, nullifies the, the issue of conceding goals in that era, Rob, doesn't it? Yeah, Joe Gomez is more of a natural defender. defender. Yeah. He's not going to make those passes, mm. but 
it, it, it's maybe making them more st- um, structurally sound defensively. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're quietly going on their business. And I see Jurgen Klopp at the end of the game, Rob, watching all the highlights <laughs> yeah, and stuff, yeah. you know, fired up, punching, you know, as he, as he does at Anfield. And yeah, um, yeah they're, they're looking good. I mean, I, I guess the only thing, Rob, and I'll throw it back to you on this one, is still, we're still seeing Alexis McAllister play as a number six and yeah. Endo, yeah. you know, the Japanese player that came in. Yeah. He played did midweek, he get didn't he? I think he started mid- midweek, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I think he started in, in the so Europa. So that, yeah. that's still mm, doesn't isn't quite feel ideal. Right. And I know that Moises Caicedo would have been so blimmin' perfect for them to get him as a holding player. But, I mean, maybe McAllister Rob will do that all season. Do you think yeah. he'll do number six all season? And, um, and is that going to be okay for them to, to, to stay at the top? It seems to look that way at, at the moment, Rob. I think you can trust him with the ball. Um, he... he, he Happy to receive it when he's marked. He's got you know good technical ability to get himself out of trouble. It's just probably that you're not getting the best of him. And if you could find somebody who could anchor there, yeah. is this Gravenberch? Could yeah. he be the guy, Rob? I know he, people think he's a bit more of an eight with legs and he can yeah. make things happen. Yeah. I just wonder if he, if he could mm. try and convert mm. him, you know, to a, be a bit more, you know, Rodri-esque, Let's say he can can play a little bit, but he's got yeah. good size and physicality to get across the pitch you know he's a young player lots of talent I'm mm. wondering if maybe Klopp's thinking he can mould him into that type of player mm, I, 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 I would be surprised yeah. I would be surprised Robin and, yeah. and maybe it's better to keep Gravenberg as a as a number eight mm. and play him you know and, and continue with McAllister as the yeah. and then the, the three of them could find some rhythm and some balance together that that could be really really good and Curtis Jones is yeah, obviously, you know, still a very good yeah. player. Harvey Elliott yeah. as well to come in as well. So there's options in there as well. And yeah. I don't know. I just think that you know, we're, again, this is on at the same time, so you can't yeah, closely look it, yeah. at the finer details of the game. Mm. But you know, that front three is is you know, particularly Darwin Nunes, Rob. That you know, we're, we're all expecting at some point to yeah. really start to score regularly every single week. You know, and um, maybe Liverpool fans have been frustrated with that in the past, but I, I still like him. I still like him of making chances, running in behind. He got his goal, yeah. and it's a great win for Liverpool, and they're cruising, absolutely yeah. cruising. OK, my friend, let's move it to uh, the Etihad. Uh, Manchester City, six straight, uh, five straight wins, made that six. Uh, a 14-minute spell, goals from Foden on seven minutes, and Haaland, 14 minutes. Um, same old business, really. I mean, the mm. one disappointment for City will be... Sort of really out of character for Rodri, Rob. 46 minutes on the clock, goes face-to-face with, with Gibbs-White and then inexcusably puts his, his hands around the neck. Now, how much contact he yeah. made, how much he goes down, and we don't mm. know, but the moment that happens, there's only going to be one outcome. That's a red card. He misses three games. Uh, and, and Pep actually came yeah. out, which he doesn't obviously publicly do this too many times, and said how angry he was with Rodri. There was the old when Rodri walked off after he got the red card, Pep sort of did that where he wasn't even looking at mm. him. Um, so disappointed, I think, in, mm. in the composure for a player who's been brilliant this season and you know been such an important yeah. part of the t- team with other players missing injured. Um, but same old City, mm. Rob, get the job done, kill you off with a couple of goals. Uh, I thought Forrest... Gave it off decent account themselves. They were, they were set up with 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 a back. I think it was back five, didn't they? They went Forest to try and deal with yeah, yeah. Four, uh, five yeah. four one almost to try and deal with, with City's possession and things. But they find a way, Rob and and and, and uh, Matthias Nunes is a player who's you talk about recruitment <laughs> comes in, and, and I'm going to go back to my old my old my old statement, mate. That you know I love plug and play. Plug and play, my friend. You, you bring him into the team, you plug, plug him and play. in and he plays. Totally. 
I know. It's unbelievable, mate. It's, I, listen, I'll, I'll go through. It's just, you know, and it's not as though he's been there. This player's been there at Wolves for any others. Yeah. Any yeah. Of the other teams yeah. that might want to fancy a new midfield player mm-hmm. instead of getting the young kids from all over for Chelsea. He was right there. Yeah. He showed what he could do. We saw mm-hmm. him in the first game of the season at Old yeah. Trafford. I yeah. thought he looked really good then. Yeah. Let me just run through. Let me just talk and recruit me, Rob. Let me just run through. So it's Cheeky Bagheerstein, isn't it? The director yeah. of football yeah. at, uh, at Manchester mm-hmm. City. Over the last four or five years, I'm going to chuck him in now. Doku. Uh, Mateus yeah. Nunes, Gvardiol, Kovacic, Haaland, Akanji, Phillips. OK, Phillips maybe yeah, hasn't done brilliant for them. More. Calvin yeah. Phillips. Yeah. Jack Grealish done well. Mm. Um, Alvarez, Julian Alvarez, a World Cup winner. Ruben mm. Diaz has been brilliant. Yeah. Ake's been amazing. Of course, Haaland, uh, Riyad Mahrez, Cancelo. Maybe Cancelo hasn't done mm. well. That's a lot of high high-priced players that have done really well. Yeah. And it makes all the difference in the world. If you, if you spend a lot of money, you, not only are you getting the, the immediate benefit of that, of the, that spend, but for a, for a decade. And yeah. that's what Chelsea yeah. have done in the past. The teams have been built before. Mm. It's been on the back of great recruitment. And then there they are. They ain't, yeah. ain't going to go anywhere, probably. And you have them. And the United have them, Adam, and, and Man City's recruitment. And it, and it did got me thinking with the, with the Matthias Nunez from Wolves. Yeah. I'm like... He looks so comfortable on the ball. And, mm. you know, Kovacic looks really good. Maybe it's easier going to Go Man City, that yeah, team's maybe. so grooved. Yeah, yeah. But that's a, there's a lot of expensive players that have been excellent, excellent signings for this team mm. that continue to flourish. And it's a testament to not only Pep, but it, it's, it's cheeky. His it's director of football that he, he references yeah. many times. And the way that they've spent, listen, it has been big money. Yeah. And there's still the investigation. Before everybody gets... Yeah, we, we, yeah, we know that, right? That from given, years yeah, on. And we'll, we'll, but, we'll but, address but, that when it and comes. That, and we'll wait. Mm, we'll we'll, we'll it, wait yeah. for that kind of verdict, if you like. Yeah. But the actual players that the money brought in, they have done really well. And it's excellent recruitment. And, and this was a game, Rob, that I just thought... God, they don't have to look good, Robin, and, and yeah, they're still without yeah. De Bruyne, John Stones, Bernardo Silva, Kovacic. You know, all, all you know, not often the City Grealish have that many injured bench, players. Yeah. Grealish yeah. is back on the bench, and that's an interesting one, Rob. Let me mm. throw it to you, Jeremy Doku, who looks really, really good. Proper winger. Does Grealish come back was... in on the left side for him? Well, well, Pep called him a proper winger, Rob, which makes me think. Well, right. if I'm Jack, I'm thinking. Oh, so I'm not proper. I'm a winger, but not... I mean, competition for places, also, of course. There's yeah. so many competitions, Rob. I don't think it's going to be it. But, yeah, this, this Doku brings another option with that pace, Rob. Can go inside and yeah. outside. You yeah. know, he's got blistering pace yeah. where Jack's got good ability and football IQ. This guy can just knock it past you and cause you a problem. So, um, mm. yeah, there's going to be good options Brilliant. for Pep. Just want to add to, that, add to what mm. you've, you've said as well, because I think it's important we talk about it. Academy as well, my friend at Manchester City. Let's not forget Phil Foden, who's a mm. world now a, yeah. a world class player. Let's not Rico Lewis, who's just yeah. signed a long contract, will come into the team. Cole Palmer, who maybe okay. for whatever reason didn't quite yeah. make, you sell him for fifty odd million. I watch a little bit and, and keep an eye a little bit around Man City. There's players out on loan on a number of places, Rob, who, who are learning the trade. Yeah. There's a good academy. There's one or two kids yeah. in the academy who, who are special, who they're developing. So you know beyond. The, the money and all that, there's, there's a right kind of focus on the academy that, that's coming in. And, and, and I think that's mm. a really important part for mm. Man City as well. You know, I think mm. the, the, the criticisms of Chelsea back in the past, and, and it is a bit different now, was that, you know, it was just bought success and everybody was, was, was coming. You know, this Man mm. City team also, Pep leaves a little spot for, for um, you know, academy players to come in as well. Mm. Yeah, good point. It's a really good point. And you, you look around the Premier League, Rob, other teams, 
and, and some of those, I mean, some of them have gone on loan, some of them yeah. have sold. Yeah. Um, I look at McAtee for Sheffield United. Yeah. I know it's a terrible day for Sheffield United. We'll mm. chat about him in a second. But, you know, McAtee looks like a player. You yeah. know, Chelsea Palmer mm. going into that club. So, so it's not, but obviously developed for their own team, but also they've got good money back. And yeah. that helps, obviously, the net spend and everything else. Not they should be yeah. selling all their academy products, but it's kind of nice when you can develop your own and make good signings as well. So, yeah, let, City throughout the club. Let me ask you just one more on, it, on, on the, right. the signings thing, Rob, because it, yep. it's into me, because you talk about Nunes, yep. and Nunes come in, and as you say, just looks like, you know, I saw him playing in the... He played Champions League, didn't he, midweek, and then he's got his first Premier League start at the weekend. But w- would I be right in saying if they'd signed Pacator, was Pacator ahead of Nunes, or were there two different... Because remember the Pacator thing, then the betting thing came out and the investigation and mm. City moved their mm. focus and mm. went to walls. I'm wondering, would, would, was, it, was it an either-or? And if so, was Pac, would Pacator have come in? I mean, Pacator is, is a footballer, and you think... But he's a diff, he's different profile to Nunes, isn't he? A little bit different profile, Rob. Good question. I, mean, I think it's either or, isn't it? I don't, I don't think you... I think they are very similar. I feel like uh, Nunes is more... He's got more defensive fire yeah, in his belly. Yeah, he can, yeah. He's, he's more durable, yeah. I feel like. He's, he's kind of rubbery. He gets his foot in there really well. Um, I think he's a little bit more reliable on the ball. I think Pakatar's a little bit kind of a little bit more flicky and yeah. a little bit more flamboyant. I mean, I like both players. Mm. I really, really like. Um, but I think, I mean, maybe I just think they are very similar, Rob. Though, though I like for what City need. Yeah, I kind of like Nunes, given that Gundogan's left the club and he's more mm. of a central midfield player, more than a. I feel like Pakatar's a bit more, more of a like, ten. Yeah, like a than, silver than or Nunes a, yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bit more like that playmaking mm. De Bruyne type where Nunes, I mean, he's got a bit of everything as a central midfield player. He can do everything really well and, and Pakatar maybe isn't quite that same on the defensive side of it or the other side of the ball. So, no, it's a good, good question. Um, but I, I kind of think, and you're seeing it now, aren't you? And this mm. is where there are little... There's, there's good players in other yeah, teams. It's yeah. just trying to find them and who might work for your system. And it's a, I think it's a, a really, really good pick-up for Man City again. Yeah. Yeah, City look, look uh, in, in decent shape. Six straight wins. Uh, question that w- was posed in, in, in the studio by our very own Lady Lowe. You know how she likes to be provocative at, at certain times. And she said... Oh, yeah, all at, the time. At, at, at what point are we talking about a Man City season where they win every game? And is that possible? Or an invincible Man City season? Is, is that also, would that be kind of on Pep's radar? Not only to win it. Could there be an invincible? She said, if we get to 11 or 12 and they've won, you know, it, 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 double this number now, and we get to 11 or 12 and they've won every game or certainly are unbeaten, are we, do we have to start thinking, talking about some of that stuff? A bit early yet? Well, well 11 or 12 is early, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, but it, this team it, can it, is, it is it something then that, that becomes a bit more of a focus? It, it, some, it builds, doesn't it, each time when 11 gets to 12 and 12 gets to 13? Yeah. No, no. I'll tell you right now, it's possible. It's absolutely possible that this team can be invincible. It's, it's just, it just is possible. I do I think it'll happen? No, I don't. Mm. But it's absolutely possible. I don't think it starts to get on the... The thought process until side, yeah. twenty odd games in. Mm. Twenty, yeah, twenty said, odd games yeah, in. Twenty, twenty, twenty odd yeah, games in. Twenty-three, twenty-four, maybe, and then you think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, 
And it, and it is difficult when those old Champions yeah. League games kick in, which they are now. It's that time of the season now where they're kicking in. It, it is going to be difficult. Um, but there's, yeah, if you told me at the end of the season they, they went, un, you know, without losing a game, it's absolutely possible. But, but again, it's such a difficult thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Given the style that they play in, given the rotation that they do, it's not as though they... You know, they do rotate a lot, Pepin. Yeah. Uh, in the league games as well as everything I know, else. I know so. the, the three no. promoted teams yeah. haven't started that well, but there's some good coaches in this league now and, and there's some different, you know, different yeah. kind of tests every week. So, yeah, again, it, it was just yeah. one of those kind of bit flippant throw out early, yeah. but, you know, kind of thing that, you know, yeah. if, if we get to Christmas mm. and we're still talking the same thing, my friend, then maybe we, we, we'll start having a little bit yeah. more of a, a serious converse, conversation about it. Okay, let's let's move things on. Let's uh, round up the other games because obviously we're 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 running a little bit long on this one. Uh, We have to start at Bramall Lane, mate. Uh, Sheffield United nil, Newcastle (laughs) eight. Yeah, for all those who didn't quite not sure of the podcast or haven't seen (laughs) results, Newcastle eight, eight different goal scores. Sheffield United will nil. We believe from our stats guys, Rob, it's the worst defeat. Sheffield United have ever had in their history, which is nearly 5,000 games of football. Um, Where do you start with that, mate? And Paul Heckenbottom, who, uh, you know, some are suggesting that he, he's under a little bit of pressure with the ownership group anyway. Chris Wilder's name's been mentioned, and, you know, oh, stability wasn't great before, before the game. Where are we with, with that? How bad is that? How quickly can you get over that, Rob, and, and, and move on? I think the West Ham yeah. away next week, I think, if I'm right. Yeah, away at West Ham next week. Yeah. Um, well, first off, like... To concede that amount of goals is is a really bad reflection of the of the personality of the squad. Yeah, you know because we've been there, Rob. Mm. When you oh, you know you know that you've got two That's or three. You, you're days, away. Yeah. I think it was yeah. Arsenal. We got beat five or six. It's like you know that something bad's kind of happening yeah. here. Yeah. And to be fair, you know set pieces. Mm. Everything, everything, you know, the, the the Dan Burn at the back post, like there's so many. Everything went in. The shots, the everything seemed to go in, and and if a team can't kind of come together and stop mm. that, that's a bad sign. All that being said, I do I do feel for them a little bit because they're like other teams that get promoted. He's trying his best to build a new team, find a new rhythm, find a new system. Mm. I don't think you need to pressure Chris Wilder, who's done really nothing since leaving the football club. Did a pretty bad job at my old club, Middlesbrough, yeah, I think, yeah. Chris Wilder, for a period of time. I don't know why, you know, just for sentimental reasons, they mm. might want him back. You know, I kind of like, for the most part, Heckenbottom's interviews and what he's trying to do. He's brought players in. They expanded a little bit today, Rob. It's not as though yeah. every other game they've been bashed. Mm. Every, I think most other games I look down there, you know, it's kind of narrow vi- defeats. And, yeah, they're, mm. they're really, really struggling. But it, yeah. it, nothing like this. So, so I'm not... I'm not going to jump on Sheffield United for this this is not saying it's a one-off I said at the start it's a very bad look for the personality the character of the squad that this can happen but they're finding their way and and you know it's still still too early to write off any teams in my opinion just yet and um, you know it's some again some moments where they're attacking now with McAtee playing Uh, Hamer is a good footballer as well Um, you know Cameron Archer, it looked good. So there's something there. But this was just maybe a little bit less defensive, Rob, than they've been in. They played Spurs, I think it is. They played City, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Where they were very defensively set up. They weren't so much Mm -hmm. in this game. And Newcastle were like, 
wow, this is kind of nice. We've got mm. tons of space yeah. throughout midfield. It was it was bad. The yeah. shape and structure of the team was mm. what was most shocking, that it can be so easy for Newcastle to get into dangerous areas. And when they got in those areas, I yeah. mean, Chippius Cross for Callum Wilson, it, yeah, they were really yeah, spot yeah, on great, great with their attacking play, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think the worry would be, Rob, it's 3-0 at half-time, you make changes, you try and... I don't know, get back in the game, you, you concede yeah. eight overall. It's not good looking. Listen, it's certainly not our job, and I, I, and I don't like being talking about you know, people losing their jobs and that, but we know the, the Sheffield United owner is an ambitious man. He wants to stay in the Premier League. Again, the whispers around Chris Wilder, I don't know where and how they've started, but they're definitely mm. circulating. Um, and, and, and like you, I'd, I'd like to see him being given the chance to, I would think, coach your way out. They show us you're a better coach than what, what you've seen. Um, and let's remember, was it Bournemouth lost 9-0 to Liverpool and stayed up to Gary O'Neill? Mm. So, you know, yeah. you can have yeah. one bad day and it's doable. Yeah. It's doable, but, you yeah. know, you, you can't have too many bad ones like that. I think it starts to go against you. So, uh, not a great day for mm. the Blades, mm. uh, but a great, a great sort of game for Newcastle. I just saw great opponents for Newcastle. Having had the Champions League and the emotions of the San Siro and the Nilo Jewel and the AC Milan's, you know, I, I thought this could be a difficult one, actually, if Sheffield United could get amongst him a bit, but wasn't the case. And uh, mm. pretty easy win for Newcastle. Uh, Brighton, mm. my friend, Brighton 3, Bournemouth 1. Brighton got back to winning ways. Um, went down to uh, a Solanke 1-0, one, one but Kirkes and Matoma came on as a sub I think it was 16 seconds he was on in, in the second half, scored his, his first goal in his second. He's a special little talent, isn't he? I, I know he was rested today because mm. there was a few changes for, for De Zerbi, but um, he's, he, he's, yeah. he's some player, this Matoma, by the way. Another one for, for Brighton. You talk about yeah. recruitment. Yeah, yeah, and he's a scorer, Rob. You know, yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, talented wide players that play in the league, and in mm. different leagues, actually, but the difference is now that wide players in modern-day football need to score and, and yeah. Matoma has got the ability, and, and many do have the ability mm. to, to do great things, but the goal is, is what sets these forwards apart. And I think big clubs, you know, look at wide players. If they can chip in with a good number of goals per season into double figures and, and more, yeah. um, he's doing it. And he's, we know what he's like as a winger. Mm. I'm sure he's a, he's a pretty complete wide player for me. And, yeah. and it's going to be, I mean, Brighton are a fun watch. He's going to rotate a lot. I think yeah. we've seen that already. That it's one of those team sheets, Rob, when you get it, you don't know who's going to be on it. He rotates the front players between mm. Welbeck and Ferguson and, 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 and wide players and yeah, central. He, he does, does a lot of rotation. Yeah, yeah so it, it's, um, it's a good squad and, yeah. it, and it, it's a good story. You know, there are going to be weeks where they get a bit battered. They had a bad, you know, European encounter, didn't they, during yeah. the week? But yeah. this is a great way to bounce back. Let's take you to the GTEC, my friend. Brentford 1, Everton 3. Uh, I think last week we, we both spoke about Everton and certainly I said that these are a better team in there than what we've seen. Yeah. They get their first win uh, of the season, first three points. Went uh, Decore, the go-to guy when they need something big, gets them up and running. Jensen equalises for Brentford with, with a decent strike that, that beats uh, Pickford. And then Tarkovsky, I thought was excellent, um, headed them into the lead. And then Dominic Calvert-Lewin, mate, off the bench. What an important goal it was for him. Really nicely finished, but coming off the bench, important goal. Um, and it was just a performance that I was kind of impressed by Everton and that Brentford's not an easy place to go. Usually a Brentford team that turned up weren't quite at races and weren't their best, but I want to give Everton more credit. 
Look, the midfield, Nana, mm. Garner and Ducouré is a real threat. Got, uh, gone on the right-hand side, McNeil on the other. Beto is going to be an enabler, I think, more than a great goal scorer. He, d- he doesn't look like he's got okay. the cleanest feet, but I think playing off him, playing mm. uh, maybe as a partner, if DCL can, can get fit. And I'm, I'm going to go straight to my underappreciated performer of the week, my friend, who's an Everton player, plays oh. in the blue of Everton. And some might think James Tarkovsky, the captain, you know, Deitch knows very well from Berlin, talked about him after the game. But I'm going to go for his centre-back partner. And it's a, it's a, it's a guy named Jareth Branthwaite, uh, who people may or may not know. He's 21 years of age. I, I think we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. I, I did a bit of research where I think he was born in Carlisle. He, he, he was sent at Everton after um, playing, I think, lower league. He went to PSV on loan, Rob. To, to, to go and play some football. And, and I think they felt like going to another country will, will, will mature him as a player and as a man. And I believe that that, that is the case. I'm really happy with, with the progress he, he's made. He's quick over the ground. He's left-footed. He's got a good temperament about him. He's improving all the time. And I was reading a little bit something just to, before we came on on the podcast like there's already talk of people like Manchester United having a little look at him that you know he's a profile of, of the kind of centre back they would like mm. I think he's he, he's learn, he'll learn from Tarkovsky who, who's really improving and, and mm. has always been a bit of a leader but will defend for his life with the goal um, and in a side Robert where do you remember the days when it was like Holgate either Mina Cody and and um, Godfrey, Godfrey he was yeah. like they've had centre backs all over King, the yeah, place, and and, and all problem of sudden, position. Yeah, some have gone, some are not informed, some have been injured. Branthwaite's come in and done an outstanding kind of under the radar uh, job, as you say sometimes. Young player Rob, who if you could keep an eye on and if he can maintain a partnership, is going to be as important for for Everton as as anybody else in that squad. Absolutely right. And well said. And, it, and it's so important. So important. And, and it's funny, we've both gone for, you know, younger centre backs yeah, this yeah. time, Robin, and depreciated. And, and, and maybe that's something in that because centre backs are a little underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks for midfield players and goal scorers and creators. Of course, that's, that's absolutely key. But, but defenders are so, so important. And, and as you said there, Rob, it, is a, it has been a problem position. You, you add into that Nathan Patterson, the right fullback that I yeah. like, young, mm-hmm. energetic, can play a little bit. All of a sudden, uh, the back four in front of Jordan Pickford, who's a, obviously yeah. an excellent goalkeeper, then it starts to look different defensively. You know, a little bit like Spurs changed a lot of their defensive individuals. Mm. They look different. They look yeah. better. Everton will hope through, and I know that Patterson was there last year, and, mm. and maybe there, you know, there isn't that much change, but centre-back is an important position yeah. in the team. And to go alongside Tokovsky, that I think we both know, is a pretty tough, rugged, pretty good Premier League central defender. Mm. That's important. And then, you know, as you said about just in general, you know, I think we both have a similar feeling that this is going to be... Who was I on the... It was in the I was in the studio last weekend with Lee Dixon. Yeah. And I made the point that, you know what, it's a tough sell now. They lost, they lost last weekend. I, I know they lost and I'm, yeah. I'm making a tough well, sell. Of, and won it. You know mm. what? That's it. And I said... Um, 
I still think Everton are going to be quite a bit better. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of got towards the mid-table point, mm. given who they've signed and how different they look. So apart from that defensive improvement, difference yeah. we've just talked about there, we know the, the strikers that can do some damage now. And again, I keep talking about him. Jack Harrison's yeah, going to be an excellent signing for Everton. Close, really, really the, good. I think he's on the grass at the Is moment, he? they said. And yeah, you know, he's getting close yeah. towards it, yeah. You've got Dan Juma that, that's had a little look and he's had some good moments. He left, was left out of this game, I believe. Beto, um, Dominic Carver-Lewin, McNeil, and DeCorey in midfield with Anana. You know, they, there's got to be enough there yeah. not to be in a relegation fight. I mean, Lee Dixon didn't really agree. He said, you yeah. know what, I still think it's going to be a very difficult season for them. And it might be. You know, who mm. knows who's going to be right? I just feel like if, they, if they're kind of lucky with injuries, yeah. this squad, with Dyche's experience, is better and I don't feel that it, that they will be in and around that that bottom three. They're, they're going to be a lot a long way away from it. They're not yeah. going to be, but yeah. I think this is a better team, well balanced. Particularly if they can stay fit, I think they can have a a reasonable season. Luton played Wolves this weekend at the Kenny. One-one uh, draw between two teams who both would have really liked the, the three mm. points. Uh, but the incident, Belgard got himself sent off for, for a sort of stamping action on, on Lockie, and then yeah. Pedro Neto is a, is a clever little player. Rob, I think his first Premier League goal to go. Yeah, four, good player. Four yeah, Premier him. League yeah, assists get, gets the goal for, for ten-man Wolves, and then uh, it was a penalty, wasn't it? Uh, Joe Gomez with with the penalty. That um, ball hit his hand. It did deflect off his knee, but apparently now through the PGMOL, we're told that you know it right. makes no difference. So a penalty was given, and, and uh, Cotton Morris put the ball in the back of that to give Luton um, first points of, of, of the season um, for mm. them and, and Rob Edwards. So I think Rob Edwards, is, it feels like the press is off a little bit. It, it can stop talking about them now, and they can get on and do better. Yeah. Um, Kind of, I suppose both teams in the end will settle for it. But both would have wanted three. Rob, both it's a it's a game where I think in both camps you're thinking we win today and then we're up and flying. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Particularly for Luton at home against yeah. Wolves that are struggling. That that you know we're not quite sure which direction they're going to go into. Mm. That seemingly have had a few bad decisions go against them. Yeah, I saw Gary O'Neill after the game. Rob was absolutely fuming mad with yeah. it with a handball, um, and it's kind of understandable in some ways. I, I, I do want to go over mm. that in a second, but I think for Luton, yeah, I mean, off and running, you got your point. I mean, Luton, the Luton at home are going to be an interesting watch. It's yeah. not going to be an easy game to go. For two for any of these teams and like I said it's way too early to get too flipping down on some of these sides we've, yeah. we've been doing this Premier League a long time now Rob <laughs> yeah. and I you know we've seen so many different scenarios mm. and so many different ways of being great and not being great and starting well and starting poorly so fair play to Luton Town you know they'll take that um, that penalty nicely stuck in by Morris of course 65th minute that goal was yeah. now just on terms of decision Rob and the handball and I know that we've talked about it many many times now it's just an opportunity just to go over because on social media, you know, people, God, they don't have to go off it on social media, Rob, and, and they, they don't really have the facts that they should have. I, I, I want to say a couple of things. First off, anybody listening to this podcast, right, who's into the game and wants mm -hmm. to kind of get their facts right, if you go to the IFAB, IFAB website or FIFA's website and just search in there, Laws of the Game, IFAB Laws of the Game 2023, there's a PDF document and it's right there. You go down to Law 12, it's misconduct. You go mm. to the handling part of Law 12 mm. 
and there it is. And it's been simplified. The last couple of years, handball has been simplified. We all know about this situation here where it's down from your, under your armpit is regarded as being the arm. Other than that, Rob, this, these are the two things that, that you have to, on these situations in mm. handball, handball in general, there's two things to consider. That's all. It's been simplified. First one, does the player deliberately handle the ball? Yeah. Does he move his yeah. arm to the ball, the ball, right? Yeah. That's handball, mm -hmm. yeah. right? That's a pretty simple yeah, one. So, you know, because you can still have your arms down mm. and the shot comes in and you're like, oh, you put your arm in the way of it, yeah. even though it's close to your body. Mm. So that's the first part. And the only other part, second part is, are you making yourself unnaturally bigger, bigger. Yeah. By, by, with your, yeah, unnaturally, are you making your body unnaturally bigger for what you're doing? So if you're mm. stretching or you're, you're jumping, there's an expectation that the arms are going to be, you know, in a natural position for that movement. Yeah. Anything that's not natural for that movement in a game, you know, then you're into territory of it being handball. That's the two things. Don't think about deflections. If it comes off of your own part of your body now, that's out of the laws. It's out. I think yeah, it's in the it, guidance it, section it, of it. it so if, if, yeah. I, if I clear the ball yeah. and, and it comes off my, like this, this case with Joel Gomez, yeah, he's trying to clear the ball, hand, it yeah. deflects off his body and yeah. he's stretching and his arms are, are really, really high. It's still subjective, that, by the way, mm. because I could still say... It's I think Tim said in the studio, action, Rob. Yeah, Tim said it's a it natural action for your hands to go up. Yeah. When you're stretching, yeah. So that, in that regard, I actually thought it was a little bit harsh, though it seems, yeah. Rob, when you see an arm it's, so far away yeah, from the body... It should be given, They're, they're yeah. given so much... But that's the two things that you have to you have to figure what's it, out. That's what's it. That's what's all interesting, there is. Rob, else. and 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 I don't want to chuck him in, under the bus, but I, I believe and, and I'm allowed to believe and, and that, that Mike Dean was on our, our Sky in the in the UK, our partners in the UK, and that he was sitting in the studio and, and said that, that it, it shouldn't have been given because he deflected off Gomez's knee. So that's an extra well, referee who's, who's just yeah, and and, and we, <laughs> we we checked on that rule and they said that's been negated now by he making himself um, bigger with a hand being where it two, was. That was two years ago, Rob. Yeah, it was yeah. 2021. But an ex-referee who's just right. not long out of the game actually still didn't, didn't get the law yeah. right then, Rob. So, so that, that's where mm. confusion starts to come because then people say, well, Mike Dean's just said and whatever. But, yeah, they, I mean, listen, you, they, sometimes you see it and, it and you think, well, that's more clear. There's other times you think, that's part of the action of moving. You probably know why it's well, going to be given. And that's but, what it is, Rob. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what, what we're It's subjective. Yeah, that, that's the second part of it. The yeah. second part, Rob, it is subjective mm. to a referee. If a referee thinks, you know what, I think that, what was the one, the Spurs guy, where he came out and he, he hit his arm, against, was it against Man United or something? Mm. You know, that, that referee thought yeah. that, that he was... And I, and I tell you, you know, if you watch a game of football, right, in general, yeah. if you're watching the game, just have a look at all the players People, in the box. Yeah. And I tell you, for now, there's arms all over the place yeah. because it's natural to do that. And then if, it, if, it, if, it, if the ball happens to hit the arm, um, you're in trouble nowadays. But I don't know whether a lot of these you shouldn't be. You know, again, it, it, it's been simplified. It's subjective. Does the player deliberately put his arm in a position where he's going to be there for the ball to strike it? Or whether it's a natural movement of him jumping, reaching, sliding, whatever it is, and your arms do come away from your body. Um, but in terms of deflections, players close to you, off your own body, whatever, it's those two simple ways, you know, and, and, mm. I, and I think that makes it easier. But people don't understand that, and then they, they see one given that subjectively from a different referee is different. Well, this is different to that. 
I get that. Because being consistency in a sub, sub, uh, subjective um, <laughs> decision is hard to be consistent amongst a bunch of referees. Thank you, Robbie Musto, oh, FIFA executive. Thank you so tired. much for that. Oh. Listen, mate, we, we'll just uh, <laughs> well, the, only, the only one last result that we haven't talked uh, Crystal Palace nil, Fulham nil, point eight for, for those in the London derby. Listen, mate, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I think we have. Uh, I've had enough of you for one day. You can see when you've had a weekend off. Oh, I know, you, you know, tired. Stop talking, but yeah. um, let's wrap <laughs> things up on a day when North London remains both red and white after two to draw at the Emirates. Liverpool look like they're going to team to chase City at the top of the table, while a belter from Bruno at Burnley dims the spotlight a little bit on Ten Hag in Manchester United. Look out for our next podcast. That's next weekend when we'll review match week seven and bring you all the storylines from all the games next Sunday on October the 1st. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Mustard. Together with two Robbies, thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good, good night. night.